Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Rick Mulready, and we're going to talk about Facebook ad trends and what you need to know. You're going to find a lot of value in today's episode, so be sure to listen to the entire thing. By the way, want to reach me? I'm on Instagram at Stelzner, at Stelzner, my last name, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And if you're new, hit that subscribe button so you do not miss a future episode of this podcast. Now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found the calendar app to rule them all. It's called Woven, and this is the holy grail. It ticks all the boxes for me as far as productivity and calendar apps. Tell me more. All right. So obviously, some of the things that we've talked about in past calendar app mentions has been, number one, the scheduling link where you can send a link to people and then they can schedule time that you've predetermined you're available. So it's got that. It also has the ability to do the group polls where you can send out a link and people can, uh, this is often known as a doodle because that's the one thing out there that does it, is doodle, where they can go and check the times that they're available and then it will go ahead and say, hey, everybody you sent that link to checked all these times and here's the one or two times you can choose from that everybody is available. It's got that. Cool. On top of that, it then has different templates that you can create for both those things. So for example, if you were going to create one type of template for your podcast guests, that's one option. If you want to create another template for say somebody coming into the social media examiner headquarters to record some YouTube content, that's another whole option, different links, different setup, different, you know, copywriting and text, right? And other things for like in-person meetings or sit downs or one-on-ones, you can create all those different templates for those things. On top of that, it has both desktop apps for Mac and Windows, and it will sync with all different calendars and alert you to conflicts when it comes to your availability between them all. So for example, if I have a social media examiner meeting coming up, and then I also have uh, something coming up that same exact time in my personal calendar, as soon as the second thing comes into the mix, it's going to say, it's going to shoot me an email and it's going to say, hey, there's a conflict here. You need to take a look at this. It huh. will alert you to that. So this is a web-based service that also has desktop apps. Is that the idea? Is that what I'm yes, hearing you say? That, yes. And it has a, an iOS app and an Android app coming soon. So does it cost something? 
So right now it's in beta, so it's completely free. And I've also heard from them that it is going to always have a free option. So even though they're still in beta and uh, they're still getting more and more funding, when they add their paid features, it's going to be the adding on of the extra bells and the whistles. Right. But you can do it now for free. And I've been loving it for a little over a month now. So how do you spell woven? Are they spelling it uniquely or something? Yeah, they're not doing it some crazy, you know, Silicon Valley way. It's just W-O-V-E-N dot com actually is where you'll find it. Got it. Okay, cool. Eric, thank you so much for that brand new find. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for my interview with Rick Mulready. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Rick Mulready. If you don't know who Rick is, you need to know who Rick is. He's a Facebook ads expert. His podcast is The Art of Online Business. His course is called Fundamentals, and it focuses on Facebook and Instagram ads. Rick, welcome back to the show. How many times is this now? I'm so excited to be back. I don't know. Three like, or four, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Always honored to be on the show. Thank you so much for uh, for having me, Mike. Oh, it's my pleasure. So today, Rick and I are going to talk about trends going on in Facebook ads. We're recording this in November of 2019, and you could be listening to it anytime in the future, but I'm sure the trends we're going to talk about are just going to be as valuable a year from now as they are today because they're trends. But before we get started, one of the big questions I think a lot of people are asking right now is, should marketers keep spending or increasing their budgets on Facebook ads, given everything that's happening. Talk to me a little bit about this. Yeah, the, the big question is like, are costs rising? You know, and it's like, well, they've, they've been rising for a few years now, and there's many reasons for that. You and I were talking last week about how the number of advertisers on Facebook and Instagram has increased. What is it like seven and a half million people now? It's at least seven million. When I heard Mark Zuckerberg uh, yeah. mention it in a public meeting, which is up from a couple, of, it's up at least a million or maybe two million over the last couple of years. Yeah, and so it's it's increased really quickly, and you know, supply and demand. You know, we have more advertisers on there, so that means that we have greater demand, which is taking up the supply. That's going to drive costs up. That's number one. You know, number two, when we're recording this right now. If someone's listening to this, you know, the middle of 2020, for example, it's not super relevant to them. However, it's a seasonal thing. It happens every year. You get the holiday time. You know, we're recording this in Q4. 
We are in the holiday time. I can't even believe it right now. And that is going to drive costs up as well. Uh, Talk to me about why that is. Well, again, it's more advertisers who are jumping on the platforms to be advertising, you know, their products and special sales and stuff like that for the holiday time. Uh, you got so, Bla- and you got Black Friday and you've got Cyber, Cyber Monday, Monday. Yep. Exactly. and you've got Christmas and New Year's and all this stuff. So what I'm hearing totally. you say, this is when a lot of marketers that have seasonal businesses spend their money. Okay. Absolutely. And for those of us who, you know, are advertising year round, this will drive up costs during this time of the year. But it's kind of the nature of, you know, it's the nature of the business. It's the nature of if we're it's kind of if we want to play in this in the sandbox here, we have to be ready for this sort of thing. Okay. And then the third thing is the political landscape, right? We're in a an election 2020's election year. You know, all of this has really started already here in the latter half we have 2019. And so more advertising. Now this is a greater topic that, you know, we don't have to get into right now, but there's this whole question, you know, around political advertising on Facebook and are they going to allow it? And as we're having this conversation up to this point, Facebook has said, yeah, we're going to allow political advertising to continue. That is going to drive up costs even more as well. Because you think about, at least in America, right? Every city, every state and the country, right? There's, I mean, there's people in all political aspects that are going to be, you know, so there's a lot of money whenever totally. there's a political season, right? Because you have these candidates raising all this money, they're going to spend the money. And obviously yep. the platform where they're going to probably go first is obviously Facebook, right? Because they can do high targeting. All right. So wait, we've got more advertisers in general yep. on the platform. We've got the holiday season and then we yep. have this election cycle so yeah. in my mind, they're not inventing new inventory that I'm aware of. So we're going to see a pretty big spike probably for about the next year is, is if I'm doing my math right on this. Is that right? And we've really already started to see it. You know, like I have a lot of students asking, especially over the past couple of months, like, hey, are our ad costs rising? And, you know, we've seen it as well, although not across the board. And I don't want to make a general statement that if you are advertising, your costs are going to be higher because I have plenty of examples of students, for example, that are seeing great results even during this time. And, you know, we're running ads right now. We're seeing really good results. And so we're talking about this, I think, more so to kind of arm people with the knowledge that if they're seeing higher costs than normal in their ads, there's some reasons for it. The other reason too, though, might could be like your ads aren't very good, frankly. Well, and if you you're know? competing against better ads, right? Because yeah, exactly. And the algorithm, yeah. talk to me about that not very good thing. What does that really mean? Because the algorithm somehow knows what's good and what's not, right? Absolutely. And the algorithm is going to reward the advertisers who are providing a good user experience because that's what Facebook wants to do. And, and I say Facebook, I'm also meaning Facebook and Instagram. The platforms want to provide great user experiences when people are on their platforms because the advertisers are not their customers. Their users are their customers because they know that if the user numbers go down, then the advertising will go down as well. And so they, for that reason, they want to protect the user experience at all costs. And a big piece of that from an advertising perspective is they want advertisers you know, coming at things from a positive standpoint, not a whole lot of negativity. That's why there's so many, you know, uh, the ad policies and so forth. But, you know, really they want a good advertising experience from like, all right, 
is this a relevant ad? So the algorithm wants to be showing relevant ads to the right people. And the more that you are able to do that as an advertiser and leverage Facebook's targeting capabilities and with your messaging and so forth, the better you are with your ads, meaning from a messaging and targeting perspective, the algorithm is going to reward you. And so more delivery, lower costs, all that fun stuff. So is it safe to assume that in January we should see a dip? Like if costs get a little out of control for those of us that run ads year round, yeah, we should see a drop in January because the demand won't be as strong. We should. And yep. then we'll see it ramp back up as the as we get into the full swing of the election cycle, which is probably in the fall leading up to the November elections, right? Yep. So yep. that's important for people to know. Another thing that uh, Nicholas Kuzmich uh, talked about when he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago was looking at lifetime value, which is something we ought to be thinking about as well, right? Because if we can somehow calculate the true value of a customer, not just the acquisition cost of the customer, that might allow us to ride out some of these high cost storms, I guess, if uh, you will. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's all the numbers game, right? When right. we're, anytime we're running ads, it's all the numbers game. So if your, I don't know, lead cost goes up from $4 to $8 and you actually know what it costs for you to acquire a customer and what the lifetime customer value is. And you're like, oh, this, I don't know, whatever, 50 bucks. Cool. I'm not super sweating. Yeah. I'm doubling my lead cost, but I'm also not super sweating it because I know what these numbers are. It's when the people don't know what those numbers are in their business, that's when things get really scary. And it also, too, right, Mike, it lets you answer the question, how much should I be spending on my ads? Which is like right. the million dollar question that everyone always asks, right? Well, the real answer to that is when you know what your cost is to acquire a customer, what your lifetime customer value is, then you can answer like, oh, it's just a numbers game cool. I'm getting a lead cost at this. I know what these numbers are. Let's let's keep it going here. Excellent. All right. So one quick question before we get into these three big trends. Did Facebook take away the ability to easily do targeting for jobs? The reason I'm asking is because I tried to do some targeting recently for a, mm -hmm. a job we were hiring for in San Diego, and it was almost like it just only allows me to target the entire city of San Diego. Have you noticed whether or not they've kind of restricted some of the ability to do job targeting? What were you trying to target? Director of operations. And it only would allow me to target all of San Diego, everyone. You know, it wouldn't allow me to do any interest or anything like that. Have you noticed? Oh, what, really? Yeah. Have you noticed whether or not jobs are uh, no longer, you know, something that can no, target? Or is this I just new? looked something up a week ago. I don't remember what I was looking for. Maybe it was like, I don't know. I, it came up with a question for one with one of my students and we were looking at it and it was still available. Huh. Yeah. So this is something new I've discovered. And somebody on my team said it looks like they're, for privacy reasons, kind of restricting some of that. So who knows? But, well, and they, they did go through a period of that. Huh. But, you know, like <laughs> so often with Facebook, once they figure something out like this and they kind of, I don't know, they, I think they kind of panic a little bit. Yeah. And they're like, they don't try to the way they deal with it is just remove it altogether. Yeah. Right. And then they kind of figure things out in the background and then like reintroduce things back to the platform. Yeah. So that was the case for a while. Then they brought it back. Huh. But if you're seeing that you couldn't do that, it's super interesting. Yeah. We, we could target marketing jobs. We couldn't target operations. Which oh, is interesting. Okay. All right. Well, Sorry for the aside, everyone. Um, we're going to get into three big trends that have nothing to do with what I just talked about. So thank you for going down that rabbit trail with me. Let's start with your first big trend. Yeah. And this really isn't a, 
a trend per se, but I wanted to talk about this because it's only becoming more and more important. And that is you've got to be creating your ads with mobile first, be thinking mobile first. Uh, I forget what the exact percentage was, but when Mark Zuckerberg came out earlier this year and said the overall percentage of their ad revenue, which was mobile related, I want to say it was between like 70 and 80%. It was huge. And what's that telling you? It's telling you that the from a usership perspective, people are accessing Facebook and, and Instagram on their phone, on their mobile device. And so from an advertising perspective, we need to be creating our ads with mobile in mind first. And that means a few different things, Mike. You know, it's talking about number one, you know, the image that we're looking at. The image has always been important, but it's I think it's never been more important than it is right now for a couple different reasons, especially on the mobile device. So, you know, we always talk about you hear like the whole scroll stopping. We need to make sure that our ad is a scroll stopper. So meaning people scrolling through their newsfeed or scrolling through Instagram. We want to get, get people's attention so they stop and then look at and read our ad. Right. I've heard people well, say thumb stopping too. So Thumb stopping. Yeah, yeah. And so we're recording this, what, the first week of November. And I want to say it was like early October, maybe late September, where Facebook came out and said, we are going to sort of standardize what the image size is across all the placements. And so what they did with it was they expanded the image a little bit. What they did was they cut the number of lines of copy above the image from, I want to say it was like seven lines down to like three. Hmm. And so you know how you have that like little see more link when you have copy where it gets cut off and you click the see more and then the rest of the copy expands out. Well, it's down to three lines now. But before you have to click that see more button and or see more link, and then you can see the rest of the copy. So what does that mean? That means that you better be catching people's attention within those first one or two lines of your ad copy because there's less copy above the image now on the mobile device to be catching people's attention. This is really important. I'm imagining it's the same on Instagram. As a matter of fact, I think it's even the same. I know on Instagram, it's even the case for organic Yep. where it's only two lines, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So the challenge, I mean, talk about what it used to be like. It used to be you could put like a lot of text in there and people would see it, right, with carriage returns and stuff. But now if you only have like two or three lines, you got to front load your your message, don't you? And exactly. You have to catch attention right off the bat, preferably in that first sentence, because you don't want to, you know, four, five, six lines down your copy be getting the people's getting getting the user's attention there because you're not they're not going to see that because they'd have to click the see more link in order to see that stuff. You got to get it in the first first line or two tops to get them to either take action on your ad right then and there or at least click the see more link so that they can read through more of the copy or skim through more of the copy and then make the decision on taking that action from there. Do we get charged if they click the see more button? No. Uh-uh. Okay, nope. that's really good to know. When we're prepping the ad in Ads Manager, does it tell us where the break is so we can kind of mess around with yes. it? Yes. Yeah, totally. You can see, it's a great question. You can see previews of each of the ads that you're doing. So if you do all placements, for example, Facebook has actually done a really good job in their Ads Manager where they... They've made it so much easier to look at what a preview looks like of your ad on 
Instagram uh, in the feed or, you know, Facebook mobile news feed or uh, Instagram stories or what have you. They've made it much, much better to show you what the ad's going to look like so that if you're, what you're looking at isn't quite what you want it to be, number one, you can change things around. Number two, you can customize what the ad is going to look like per placement, which is really important. And I like that. So what I'm hearing you say is like you can come out and make a version of it just for mobile versus desktop? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Now on the desktop, do they also have the see more? Is it the same rule where it's just two or three lines and then there's a see more button? Do you know? I don't know actually how many lines it is right now for desktop. It's not as few as the mobile experience though. Okay. But yes, you will still get that see more link. Now, do you advocate not even triggering the see more and just, just treating this almost like a tweet and not putting a lot in there? Or do you advocate actually leveraging a little bit more of that real estate so you can tell more of a story to entice them to click? Yeah, it's the maddening answer, Mike. It's you got to test it. <laughs> you know, the question, should my copy be long? You know, should I go short form copy, longer form copy? And I vote, you got to test it out. I would do both. Got it. You know, generally, the bigger the commitment that we're asking someone to make, the longer copy tends to work better. Got it. So but if you're selling something versus giving something away kind of thing, right? Yeah. Or like, hey, I want you to register for my webinar. So I want you to spend the next hour with me. That's a pretty big commitment, you know? Right. And so it's both time and financial. Now, then again, <laughs> there's plenty of those play of ads that are, are short form copy that for these types of things that work extremely well, too. And so it is really a matter of you know, kind of just testing that out. But I love the idea of what you just mentioned, Mike. It's like telling a story right. in the ad copy. I love it. Now, I don't know if you can still do this anymore, but can you put a link in the text and is it still hot linkable or is that not yes. the case? It yep. is. Okay. Yeah. But not for Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? yeah, that's a good point. So in an ad, it would not be hot linkable on Instagram. Correct. On Facebook, yes, but not on Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Well, let's talk about the image. Is it square? Is it? Can we do more it's, than square? Talk to me. Yeah, I don't have the exact dimensions, but it's more rectangular than with it being, um, you know, more. Four. What's that? I think it's five by four, isn't it? Does that sound right? That does sound right. Yeah. So because again, what the reason they did this is they tried to make it more standardized across all of the placements, so that you're not having to create, you know, all these different variations of the image, which is nice. Right. But again, it did affect things, and so. Yes, I think it is four, a five by four, but also Square works really well to be testing as well too right. on the mobile device, whether it's an image or video. I know we're going to be talking about video. So Square does work really well on the mobile device as well. And that would be considered, yes, creating for the mobile experience first and foremost. The text that's below the image I kind of remember there's like a headline and a subhead on the desktop, but maybe not on the mobile. I mean, talk to me. Is Correct. that true or not? Okay. Yeah. So they call it the uh, newsfeed linked or the newsfeed description. And that is for the desktop. So that's like you get your headline and then you can put a couple lines of text below the headline, which will show up for the desktop newsfeed experience, but not on mobile, <laughs> not on mobile. Got you it. get the headline. But where it gets really interesting on the mobile ads is if your headline is pretty long and you have a call to action button, like learn more, for example, it cuts off your headline. So it's again, you want to make sure that you're looking at the preview of what your ad is going to look like. And does it make sense if you are using a call to action button and the headline's getting cut off? 
does it make sense when when it's getting cut off? Are they seeing enough of the headline? Why would you not want to use a call to action button? I mean, what would be clickable then? Would they just click on the image? Uh, yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Again, that's one of those things where generally, you know, for the most part, ads do better when there is a call to action button. We've tested in the past as well, where we don't have a call to action button because we want it to look more, you know, blending in, if you will, like content, not being deceptive in any way, but, you know, and we've had those experience, those types of ads work really well too, but for the most part, those call to action buttons really increase the performance of the ads. Anything else we need to know about the mobile designing for mobile first? Yeah, I think finally, the, a trend that we've been noticing and really not surprising, we've been kind of talking about Instagram here, but when we choose all placements, which I do recommend that people do, which is you're letting Facebook deliver your ads across all of its family of placements, if you will. So Instagram, Facebook newsfeed, instant article, all that stuff. We have noticed, especially over the past several months, a big trend towards Instagram getting a bigger share of delivery of the ads. Hmm. And so really those placements trending towards Instagram, which really isn't surprising as Instagram has become more popular and everything like that. So just something to keep an eye on for everybody who's out there who is using all placements and then you're looking at the breakdown option in your ads manager. We're getting a little technical here, but to be able to look at the placement delivery, you know, check out where your ads are being delivered. We have noticed a bigger trend towards Instagram. It, does it break down stories versus feed? Yes, it can do that. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of, I've heard Zuckerberg say there's excess inventory in stories and that's why it's discounted. So I don't know if you found that to be true or not, but I would be concerned if it was all going to stories because that's such a different ad unit, right? It is, it is. And that's kind of leads into what the, the next sort of thing we're talking about here is video. Instagram story ads really where it's at. And, and a big reason, Mike, is what you just mentioned. There is so much supply there and advertisers are still very new to that placement. And so costs are low on Instagram stories. And we tend to see our best performance from Instagram story ads, Hmm. both on a video perspective and on like a standard image in the Instagram story ads. So let's talk about that for a minute. How long is the Instagram story ad displayed for, whether it's video or still? You know, the, a standard Instagram story is 15 seconds, but you can do it as a carousel ad as well. And so you can do it up to 45 seconds. You can do the three panels, if you will. I just made air quotes as I said that, Mike. That's <laughs> cool. We're all visualizing it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so you could do three different panels, if you will, uh, for an Instagram story ad. So three different versions of 15 seconds. And, you know, your 45 second video can be cut up. Uh, into 15 second videos or which Facebook will do, or, you know, you can do different panels and and one builds off the other. You can get creative like that. But yeah. So if you want to do just one video, for example, or if the image is going to stay up there, you can do it for 15 seconds. Best practice. You got to tell them to swipe up. I would imagine and they won't think to do it. Am I right or no? Correct. That's where, you know, the call to action is going to be different because it's not like they're clicking on a link. And a big question I get here, Mike, is that, you know, like, oh, I don't have 10,000 followers on Instagram, so I don't have the swipe up feature. Well, when you run an Instagram story ad, you don't need that because you're paying for it as an ad. 
you're going to get the swipe up feature because that's what the call to action is. And so you definitely want to tell people what you want them to do. In this case here with this type of ad, it's to swipe up. Now, the story ad shows up between stories, right? Is that the idea? Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. Yep. So we're talking about the trend towards video and obviously Instagram stories is hot. What else related to video and ads is hot? Well, I mean, so the overall use of, of video and the importance, I should say, of using video on a platform like Facebook, on a platform like Instagram, isn't really new, right? It's something earth shattering. We've been talking about it for a long time now, but it's only getting more important. And, you know, you look at example of like Facebook stories and where the placement of where you can see Facebook stories, as an example, on your mobile device, they've made it front and center. You know, and then there's been talking, you and I've talked about this before too. There's been talk about how, you know, in the not so distant future, Facebook, for example, is going to become very video oriented, right? right? Right. And so, you know, we want to be doing video. We want to be leveraging the platform of how they want users consuming content. You know, I don't have the stat right in front of me, but the amount of video that's being consumed on platforms like Facebook and Instagram on a daily basis is staggering. And so as advertisers, we want to be taking advantage of how consumers are consuming content. And a big portion of that is video. So we want to be creating video ads for whatever it is that we're marketing and doing it from going back to our first point of you know mobile first in mind. And so video, 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 everybody always wants to know, well, Rick, how long should the video be? Again, this kind of goes back to you got to test it, right? This is... You know, I'd be testing things as short as like 15 seconds and up to, I mean, heck, I know plenty of students who are doing several minute videos and doing really, really well with it. It's just about number one, what is it that you're offering? What are you trying to achieve with the video? It's going to vary. So I would be testing different. Okay. Different I, got, I got a million questions. First of all, Facebook stories. Is there an ad placement for that yet? Yes, there is. Yep. Okay, cool. So can we take the exact same Instagram story ad and run it to Facebook stories and yes. just kind of assume mm -hmm. we're good to go there? Okay, yep. good. And then on the length of the video ad with Instagram, is it limited to 60 seconds? They recently changed that and I'm blank, <laughs> blanking on it right now. Because I, I know they, for it, organic, it's limited to 60 seconds. So I don't know whether or not they're allowing longer videos on Instagram. So my guess is they're probably not. I'm pretty sure, actually, I, I actually want to look this up while we're talking. Okay, I'm cool. pretty sure they did increase that length, but it used to be a limit of 60 seconds. The idea of a video ad, obviously the video is muted. Is that right? So Correct. let's talk about best practices with that, right? Do we just, we don't want to just have a talking head, right? Correct. I mean, this is all about catching people's attention and creating video for the sound off experience. And so I think there's more to it than, you know, I highly recommend using, you know, video captions. So if you're talking in the video and there's voiceover in the video, you definitely want the captions there. So if somebody's watching it without the sound on, right. they can still know what's going on. Right. But in addition to that, you know, you want to have movement, you want to have eye catching, you know, interesting video. And so, again, this doesn't mean you have to like go hire some big production company to do it. Grab your phone, you know, do something that is aligns with yourself and your brand or your, you know, in your business and just create something that you feel like is going to add value and catch people's attention. 
By the way, I just looked it up. It's 120 seconds. So you have to increase it from 60 seconds. Oh, good. So let's talk about, and I've asked this in the past of others, but I don't think I've asked it of you. Mm -hmm. You know how there's the text rule on still images, but what about when you animate things, you know, like can you animate text and are you restricted in that way? Because I I could see taking a still image and making a really cool animation out of it to kind of make it stand out in the feed. Is that going to hurt you if it's bigger than 20%? It will if it's taking if the text size is taking up more than twenty percent of the image. And Facebook has been, frankly, when we're recording this right now, they've been really wonky about, you know, just telling you. I've had just had somebody tell me the other day. They're like, "Yeah, Facebook was telling me I had more than twenty percent text when I clearly didn't. They would still approve it, but you know, it's just been kind of weird a little bit lately. So yes, if you are doing some sort of animation and the size of the text is still taking up a large piece of the real estate in the image, you will likely have a problem there. Even if it's a talking head and at the end you put up a big call to action, it's it's not like it's... That part, no. I, I, don't see, I don't see that being a problem. So they must have an algorithm that's somehow kind of watching for the presence of it persistently versus it being at the very end or something like that. I don't know. I'm just... I don't know if we should be talking about this on a podcast, Mike, but it is a little bit easier to get, you know policy stuff through on a video <laughs> of course we should be talking about yeah, this. yeah <laughs> it is a little bit easier. that's what i was I'll thinking be, because how could they yeah. police that you know it is yeah i mean i have seen examples where they have caught stuff but i have like way more like instances where stuff just gets through do you find yeah. that the kinds of videos you do tend to be more like hiring an illustrator uh to just like make things move a little bit to kind of make the eye you know, stop or is it better to have just like a a low res, like iPhone kind of video that you do? Well, you still want the quality, right? You still, because you know, iPhones these days have amazing video cameras on them. Yeah. Yeah. So from that perspective, I mean, we want to be creating video that people are used to seeing in their feed, whether it's Instagram or yeah, yeah, exactly. So nine times out of 10, we are describing our phone and creating videos. However, we are, sort of leaning more towards that as we get into 2020, just doing a little bit extra just to stand out, right? But the best performing ads that we've had from a video perspective in the past have been like just me walking down the sidewalk with a coffee in hand and I'm speaking to the camera, that sort of thing. Anything else about video that we should know? Two different things. Number one, still live video, Facebook Live, turning them into ads, still very, very effective. And then, I mean, we, and we could do a whole episode on this one, but we'll just mention this here is video is amazing also because we can create engagement audiences of people who are watching specific percentages right. of our video. So if we have a two minute video and someone's watching 75% of that, it's a very engaged person. So we can build audiences, custom audiences of those people watching certain percentages of our videos. And then we can turn on and turn those are we can create lookalike audiences hmm. from those audiences. So another huge benefit to right. video. And I mean, we can spend a whole session on just video. Yeah. And but, if anybody wants to learn, we've covered this extensively. If you just yeah. go back through our archives. Now the live video thing, that's a long video. I mean, like, does that work? Converting a live video into an ad? Talk to us about Abs- that briefly. Absolutely. And again, this kind of goes back to doing different lengths, right? Where if you're doing a quick live with, I don't know, some sort of tip or an update or a, you know, thought reversal, whatever it is, right? 
versus you could do something where you're teaching for 30 minutes, right. you know, that stuff works. Huh. And again, it all comes down to what's the goal of the video? What are you trying to achieve? Why are you doing it? You and then targeting? also, what are you marketing? Yeah, exactly. And that might be a good remarketing video to somebody who maybe watched one totally. of your other videos, right? So yep. do you have a limit to how, I mean, like, let's say you did that live video like six months ago, can you still turn it into an ad or is there a limit on when you can do that? I've never had a problem not being able to turn a video into an ad, awesome. like going, going back and finding it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We've talked about mobile and how important that is for our ads. We've talked about video. What's the last thing that we need to be talking about? We're going to get a little technical here. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> man. Campaign budget optimization. I've heard a lot about this. Tell me what C that means. Yeah. CBO is, as uh, some people call it. So number one, Campaign budget optimization is nothing new. I feel like it got talked a lot about here in 2019 as this was like some new feature that Facebook had rolled out when in fact it's been around for a while. It's been around, I mean, at least since the beginning of last year. So the beginning of 2018. And this year it got more, you know, it, people are talking more about it because Facebook came out and said that it was going to become the default way in which we set our ad budgets for our campaigns. And then we all kind of like panicked. We're like, wait, holy cow, wait, I haven't done this yet. We haven't used CBO yet. And what does this all mean? So we need to start testing it. And so we started testing it. I'll explain what it is here in a second. But we started testing it early this year in 2019 didn't see very good results from it. And then we've kind of gone up and down with it a little bit, meaning testing it and then not so much, you know, like we're kind of going back to how we've always done it. And we've seen very mixed results. And that tends to be sort of what I'm hearing across the board from colleagues of mine, from uh, my students who have tested it, a very mixed bag of results. So what campaign budget optimization is, is essentially right now, the way that we've always done it is we set our budgets at the ad set level. And so let's just say we have a campaign. It's our conversions objective. We want to get people to register, I don't know, for a webinar. And we have five different ad sets. We have five different targeting groups. And we want to spend, I don't know, $100 a day. And so what we do normally is we assign each ad set a budget, in this case here, very simplistically, of $20 a day if we want to spend $100. So five ad sets, 20 bucks a day for 100 bucks. Exactly. That's the old and, way. Yep, and that's how we've done it for a long time. And then, you know, our campaign runs for three to five days and then we go in and we start to optimize. Oh, this ad set is performing really well. This one is not performing at all. I'm going to stop this ad set. I'm going to move some budget around to the ones that are performing well and manually do all that. Well, what campaign budget optimization is, is we are now setting the budget at the campaign level and then Facebook's algorithm automatically optimizes the ad spend and allocates the ad spend based on which ad sets and ads are performing the best. So ideally, if the AI is doing its job, it should make it easier for those of us that manage ads. Ideally. Ideally. <laughs> yeah. But what you're saying is for ninjas like yourself and your students, it's not there yet. Is that what I'm hearing you say? But but that's scary. It's been a mixed bag. Like I, I know some people who have gotten great results from it and the campaign budget optimization is beating when they were doing it 
and manual optimizing themselves. We've seen for, for my business, we've seen very mixed results with it. Like, you know, there's been a few campaigns where it's worked really well. Others like, no, it's been, it's been really bad. Is and it defaulted so, on right now when you set up an ad and you have to turn it off or how does that work? So in October, I think it was October, Facebook came out and said, if you've been using campaign budget optimization to this point, it is now becoming your default way that you set your campaigns up. Okay. For the people who were not using CBO all along this year, that got pushed out till I think it was like, it's like the middle of Q1. So February-ish timeframe. I say ish because Facebook is always moving stuff around. So early next year, early in 2020 is going to become the default way in how we set our budgets for our campaigns. That's going to be a big shift for a lot of people, especially if, you know, if you haven't been playing around with it and testing it. Now, I will say this, Mike, is that Facebook will still allow you to set a budget at the ad set level, even when you're using campaign budget optimization. Here's what I mean by that. If we want to spend $100 a day and we have our five ad sets, you set your campaign budget at $100. But then what, what you can do is you can say, for this ad set, I want a minimum spend of, say, $15. So you can kind of like force the algorithm a little bit to deliver instead of fully going in on, all right, you're going to allow the algorithm to fully optimize for you. Does that make sense? Yes, but it sounds a little kludgy, right? So you have to kind, yeah, of, exactly. you kind of have to know that this one probably won't perform as well in order not to give it as much money, right? And then it will, but, and what you can't do, it sounds like, well, actually, could you say that I want, like, if you already knew you had a winner, could you put yes. like 50% of the budget to that winner and then the rest sure. could go to the experimental ones? Is that what I'm hearing yep. you say? Oh, that's yeah. good. This is where it's going to take a lot of playing around, a lot of patience, a lot right. of testing once this really rolls out to see and kind of find, you know, what's working best for you. So I guess the real question in here is, do we trust Facebook's ad algorithm to do the job that humans used to do? That's really where <laughs> someone like yourself is going, right? Like so far, you're not mm -hmm. seeing that. But I wonder if it does more and more as they force everyone, if you will, to move over to it. I would imagine the AI will get better at doing this and, for us, don't you think? And it definitely has. So for example, when campaign budget optimization first came out, I want to say it was like early 2018. I could be wrong there, but it's, my point is it's been around for a while. Right. We tested it right out of the gates and it was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. But then to your point, Mike, you know, as time went on, the algorithm did, you know, they, they put resources behind it. I don't know what they did exactly, but they put more resources behind it and it, it did improve from an algorithmic yeah. standpoint. It got smarter and so results started to improve. What about and, placement optimization? Is that such a thing? Like you're saying all placements, right? But does it already decide oh, where it's going to put the money? It doesn't already decide. So the idea behind all placements is Facebook, you know, I say Facebook, I mean Instagram as well because it's right. it's pulling in Instagram as well. When you do all placements, the idea of it is the algorithm will find the, your, what's the word I'm looking for? Prospect, customer, best. Yeah, lead. thank you. Yeah. Yep. Where the results are going to happen and when. So for example, Maybe someone in the morning during the day is going to be on, I don't know, Instagram newsfeed. Then in the afternoon, they're going to be on the Facebook newsfeed. Maybe and then eventually in the evening, messenger, right? they're going to be looking at stories. Yeah. 
So that's good. Al- I mean, that's the algorithm, good. Yeah, it's designed to kind of mix that up and find where your users and customers are depending on the platform and how they're using the uh, the different placements. So if it, and is it doing a pretty good job with that is my guess, right? Because there was a day where you had to separate all these things out, wasn't there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we used to do like, you know, one ad set was mobile. One ad set was desktop, you right. know? It has gotten much better. And it also makes it a whole lot simpler when you're setting things up right? Like, okay, cool. I don't have to break this out. Now, with that said, it is important and it is, again, everything's testable because it's all relative, right? But it is important to be thinking about like what we were talking about in the first point with mobile and making sure that the, the, when you choose all placements, does the ad that you're creating look good for Instagram stories? Does it look good for, you know, Facebook mobile newsfeed, et cetera? And so, yeah, I do recommend going with the all places. Well, I mean, what about content optimization? I mean, is it getting there where you can just give it a bunch of headlines and it's going to pick the one that's the winner? I mean, is it there yet? It still does that. Yes, you can still do that. Yeah. So, so there will be a day where we're just going to say, here's all my assets, Facebook, go yep. spend my money. I mean, that's really where we're heading, right? I, and I think we're closer to that than, than people think. Yeah. I don't mean that as a bad thing. I think that's a good thing right? because you can still absolutely test like, all right, I have three headlines I want to test. I have three, you know, versions of my ad copy, three images, create different variations and see which one performs the best. Right. And they've made a lot of developments there too. Well, and I'm sure eventually the AI is going to get so good that it's going to come up with variations for you, right? It's going to write new copy for you. (laughs) It's going to say, hey, try this, you know? (laughs) And there already are third-party tools out there, AI tools that that are kind of trying to do that. And I think... That's the day where, unfortunately, people who have careers as Facebook ads consultants, you know, whenever that day comes, they may be out of work because that'll be fully automated. But interesting, really interesting stuff, Rick. Um, I just want to personally say thank you so much for coming on and talking all this out with me. I know I had a million questions and I know we're all better as a result of it. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and also about uh, your course, if you wouldn't mind? Yeah. So thank you for that. So the podcast is called The Art of Online Business, formerly The Art of Pay Traffic. I made that change in... When did I make that change? In uh, October. Yeah. Last month. All the same content, all the same types of topics and ads and growing an online business, all the same. We just changed the name to The Art of Online Business. So wherever you listen to podcasts, my show is there. I'm at Rick Mulready on Instagram. My website is rickmulready.com. And then my ads course is called Foundations. And so this is basically... If you want to be creating, if you want to learn the basic essentials of how to create effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads, then this course is for you. It's geared towards the online expert on entrepreneur, if you will. So the, the person who is a course creator, coach, consultant, you're doing you know, webinars, you're growing your email list, all that sort of thing. Um, and this is also for the person who is an online expert, but never done ads, they're overwhelmed by even thinking about it or intimidated. This course is for that person. And then also the person who has been doing some ads but not getting the results that they want, then this course is for you as well. Where do they find the course? Uh, it'll be on my website, rickmulready.com. Perfect. Um, and yeah, you can awesome. check it out. Awesome. Rick, thank you so much for coming on again. And I look forward to seeing you at Social Media Marketing World soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. And by the way, You want the notes from today? Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 383. And if you're new, hit that subscribe button. We've got some great episodes coming. 
just for you. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.